Welcome to LA Radio Sessions. I'm your host, Mike Stark. LA Radio Sessions, it's where we explore all areas of pop culture. We are with Elevado. Before we even start talking about the music and everything, there's a couple things I want to want to discuss. You guys are so DIY in everything that you seem to be doing. I want to give everybody right out in front the website, the tour situation and how that works and how people can get involved with that and uh, how they could even book a show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us how you're doing it. You, you're doing it all on your own, obviously, right? We are. We're like we're we're figuring out a lot as we go um, with starting a new project um, right before a, a, a pandemic hit, and um, so doing a lot at the same time and trying to kind of figure out what we want to be doing musically and and going about it that way while also trying to figure out touring and all of that. So at this point, we are going out next week. We leave well, our first show is on Friday. I think it's about a month long run that we're doing out to the West Coast. And all these shows are primarily home shows, given the fact that we are a new band and also the fact that a, a lot of the venues are are tricky to get into at this point because they're so you know backlogged with artists getting yeah. back on the road. So we've just been booking all of this stuff. On our own, a lot of these shows that we're we're doing this month are shows that were canceled or rescheduled from March of 2020, and then some other additional shows as well. You mentioned the website is is elevatomusic.com, and we have we have some of the tour dates that are up there. Some of some of them are are private, but, but most most of these shows that we're doing, people are are able to come to, even though they are house concerts, which might be awkward for, for some people. But we promise once. Once you get there, it's it's a cool experience. Yeah, but the house concert has, even before COVID hit, the house concert idea was pretty prevalent in, in the world. The other thing I wanted to talk about, you guys got to know each other during the Haiti project. Uh, Haiti just had a huge earthquake. I know you guys have been involved with some schools down there and all of that. I started going down. I, my first trip down was 20... 2014. I have a tattoo. I couldn't remember if it was 2012 or not. So I had to check my tattoo. Um, <laughs> but 2014 was the first year that, that I went down and uh, we've worked with just one orphanage and one school every time that we've gone down. And there's, there's 40 kids who live at this orphanage. And then when it's a school, it's a school by day, which has about 200 or so students that are there during the day. And then mm. those 40 kids who, who stay there and, and live there full time. Brent came down. Uh, he's been, you've been down there twice, right? Yeah. Twice. Yeah. So we, that was kind of how we really got to know each other. Brent and I were both, I was touring with, with Melodyme and, and Brent was doing more solo stuff during that time as Brent Shuttleworth. And we seem to be playing a lot of the same festivals and, and home shows and events, but we would always miss each other, be there at different times. But mm. fans, we had, we had, a, you know, a lot of shared fans that always uh, would ask us if we had met each other and they, they thought that we would get along after meeting both of us independently. 
So we, we invited uh, Brent to come down to do one of these music camps. Mm. And uh, after we, we'd only had one phone conversation and we hit it off on the phone conversation. So we were like, okay, I think this is going to be a good fit. And through that week of being there, we were, we were putting on uh, this music camp and we were teaching lessons and, and just kind of hanging out with the kids and deepening our relationship with the Haitian culture. We learned so much about each other in, in that situation because, you know, we, we didn't have much, there weren't many distractions, you know, you're just there to, to give yourself and learn uh, about the culture. And uh, it was such a cool way for us to be able to, to get to know one another. And it wasn't until probably a, a little bit after that, that we, we decided to, to start making music. That really was the seedling then of this collaboration, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a good place to get to know one another. <laughs> I would think. Before we get off this, how are your kids in Haiti? Are they all right? Have you heard anything from them? And how, how are how are things down there? All the kids who are at the orphanage are safe. We're in in contact most often with our translator Wilkins, who gives us kind of the the down low of of how things are going. And as most people know, unfortunately, like they. It's just a string of bad luck, you know, that they run into with the, the geographic location of Haiti and, and the political situations that that they're in. So everyone is safe. It's still it's nowhere near ideal. And I think they're consistently you know, working and trying to make the living situation as best as possible for all the kids who live there, which is, you know, a, a tough thing to do. But everyone is safe, which, which we're grateful for. And they're grateful for at this point. Absolutely. And I'm sure at some point you guys will make another trek down there. Well, that's interesting that you guys uh, really, that was the seedling of the collaboration. So as long as we're, we're moving in that direction, what took it further? Yeah. So Brad and I, you know, we just, we, we became really good friends and I started uh, traveling with Melodyme, uh, supporting them uh, on, on several tours that they did. And so um, I got to know Brad in the context of his band. And uh, so I think that over, over time, we just got to know each other better. And at the point that Melodyme uh, was all going in their separate directions, Brad was interested in making a solo record. So he was like, do you want to work together, you know, for, for some things for my solo record. And so we got together in Nashville and we started making some music together and it became a really natural collaboration. And so much so to the point where our good friend, Mike Shimshak, who's a songwriter and producer in Nashville said, Hey, you guys are like brothers. You should, you should do this together. So he, he called me and he was like, uh, he's like, you know, I got something to talk to you about. Let me talk to Brad real quick. And so he called Brad and he was like, I think you should do this with Brent. And then he called me and he's like, I think you should do this with Brad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to, you know? So, and it's, it's so helpful being paired with somebody that I, I, I feel like in so many ways is a kindred spirit and such a, a, a fundamentally just kind, uh, generous human being. Um, and so I think that that is the basis for our friendship and our, the basis for our creative relationship as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it all comes from that place. Like we've, we've deepened such a, a friendship 
from the from when we first met, but especially through the past year and a half of living under the same roof for a lot of the time of this quarantine. And I had I had seen Brent perform uh, solo, and it it was different. You know, his approach to production and a live show was different than what I was used to, but something that was like extremely exciting to me. So being able to kind of meld our worlds of electronic music and and singer songwriter genres and everything from like hip hop to dance music to whatever all the eclectic uh vibes bringing that together with the foundation of of the friendship has been um has been a beautiful beautiful thing the music that comes out is very empowering to people and very anthem like from my point of view and uh you can hear the bond in the music. There's no doubt about that. Oh, thanks, Thank man. That's, yeah. that's the best compliment ever. <laughs> and isn't it interesting that this sort of collaboration came at a time when it did, when, again, I go back to the DIY situation, to be able to make music under these circumstances. With you guys, it seems like things really kicked into gear once the pandemic started. You guys were so prolific. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do. We were uh, starting our tour out in Denver of last year, of March of last year. And when things started, were really starting to get dicey. There was confusion as to whether you should be wearing a mask or not. And there's so many layers to what happened in this past year on so many different levels, but it put us in a situation where we were out West and had a bunch of gigs canceled. And so we uh, started going to these national parks and doing writing and doing some online concerts for people uh, that had canceled. And so trying to forge our way through this whole situation. So Brad actually had a, a gig back in DC um, after, after the tour had concluded or what, what the remnants of the tour that had concluded right? Uh, and flew back to DC. And I was driving the van back across country and I got a call from Brad and he was like, well, why don't you just come to DC? You know, he's like, I live in Alexandria with my brother. You can stay with us. And we can we can make some music together. We had both had no idea how long that was going to be, but it wound up being five months. Uh, and then I permanently moved to the area. And that was re- the real basis, I think, of us being able to work together and flesh things out. And through the course of the pandemic, we we would rent cabins w- with a good friend of ours, Mike Shimshack out of Nashville and halfway in between DC and Nashville, which was Asheville, North Carolina. And we did a lot of writing and recording and, and kind of set the foundation for where we were heading, even though it continued to evolve from there. It was a really important moment for us. And Asheville was, I, I have trouble following your discography so far, yeah. but Asheville <laughs> was the first EP, right? Yeah. <laughs> like going back to all of that, that it's, I, we were so used to being on the road, right? Like um, anywhere from 100 and 150 dates a year for the past, I would say for me, probably decade of touring with Melodyme. So when we realized we were going to be off the road and again, didn't know how long that was going to be we went hard and like we're we're like well maybe we're gonna have 
two or three months, which even that was more time than I'd ever spent. Um, either of us had spent not touring. So we were like, well, let's make as much as we can. So, um, and then obviously it ended up being way longer, but the way we were releasing music, looking back at it now, we've been kind of publicly figuring out um, <laughs> the, the type of music that we want to make, you know, and, and how we want to go about doing it. So we put out um, Asheville, which was an EP. We, we've had a lot of singles and um, smaller EPs, like, you know, three song EPs that we've put out. Now, in the past few months, we've figured out more of the direction of where we want to go. So all of the singles that we've been putting out the past two months will eventually be, um, that's going to be a full length record, which I know will help with my OCD to have things in one spot and be able to like, you know, it's, it's nice to have the collection of songs that were, that we feel like are a continuous story of our journey. Yeah. And I noticed now everything is streaming. There's no product yeah. that you can buy. You, people can listen to the music on pretty much all the platforms, right? Yeah. Uh, Spotify seems to be about the best place. They've got it somewhat organized a little bit so that yep. you can kind of see what's going on with the evolution of the band and all of that. So the song Family, I really love that song so much. That was one of the first songs, right? That was the very first song that we released. And as I mentioned before about kind of like publicly figuring things out, um, we released that in, in June of 2020. And uh, we, at that point, we wanted to have a more of a full band type of production. So we had a lot of Nashville musicians that were, you know, playing drums, bass, electric and keys on that track. So that was the only one that we released that had uh, the musicians that are, that are playing on it. Chopsticks to heart and soul Daddy jamming to the radio Mom in the kitchen singing Billy Joel Man, there really ain't no place like home All I gotta do is close my eyes To find some homemade paradise Forever chilling with my ride or dies Yeah, I can feel it in the air tonight If you're feeling lonely, we got room Positivity is the only thing that we all need Without the blood we're still family No one's meant to make it on their own That's why we come back to home sweet home Welcome to the family It ain't nothing fancy But there's one for you Ooh. If you need some love and we got plenty in the other We're shaking, it's a celebration
since that release, things have changed like quite a bit in the way, like you said, we, we, we like at this point of being able to have it be more DIY and uh, when it's just me and Brent or me, Brent and Mike Shimshack that are working, we can, we're, we have the capability of doing everything within the three of us, which allows us to be able to release music as frequently as we want to and just be able to rely on a, a smaller group, which a lot of times can be, can be nice at this phase of the of the game it does seem like a great opening statement for your band right yeah that was the intention behind it yeah yeah so then you went on and you did the Asheville ep next right and that Mm -hmm. was you put that together when you were in Asheville. Mm -hmm. yeah yep we wrote all those songs and recorded all of them at the airbnb there so it's it's funny when you look back at the songs that we created throughout our quarantine, because those first two months, as I mentioned, we were, we were excited to be able to, to be off the road. So we were writing these really happy, like um, anthemic, like fun tunes. And then by the time we got to Asheville, we were uh, a little sad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we had like, it was a lot more introspective and, you know, we wrote, wrote those tunes, which then led us to the next evolution of what we wanted to put out. So it's just been this kind of continuous story um, over the past year and a half. Now, I know a lot about Brad. I've followed Brad with Melodyne for, I don't even know how many years now. It's been a a while. Uh, But I, I really don't know that much about you, Brent. Can you give us a little bit of your musical background? So I lived in New York City and played solo acoustic for years kind of came up in the rockwood music hall scene in 2010 i moved down to nashville with a good friend of mine mike shimshack who's the the guy that we still work with mike shimshack and i made my first solo record in brooklyn and then he started working on some country records wound up moving his family down to nashville And so I was traveling from New York City down to Nashville relatively frequently until I decided to make a permanent move and was there for about nine years. So musical influences as you were growing up, so we can kind of get a feel for that. I was very influenced by a lot of hip hop and electronic music coming up and was also a really big fan of great, really great uh, songwriting. And I remember seeing, there were several shows I remember seeing coming up that really deeply spiritually impacted me. One was Patty Griffin. I saw her play on the, uh, the Thousand Kisses tour in Portland, Maine. And it was one of the most raw shows I'd ever seen. And I was like, well, this, this is what really speaks to me. I think the first show that I knew that I wanted to be a musician was seeing the Allman Brothers play. It's really genre-wise spans um, a lot of hip-hop and electronic music and then those like really core songwriters who I I felt like they had something to say and I felt like they were telling deeper truths and they were working on themselves and they were trying to get to the deeper essence of who they are to communicate that to people And so that's the part of songwriting that I'm obsessed with and that I love. Um, But I really 
do appreciate a lot of the soundscapes and a lot of the sounds that come from my original inspiration in music with hip hop and electronic music. It sounds like you've got a great collaboration now with Bradley because Bradley's songwriting in the past has always been deep, thoughtful, and and all of that. And then you bring the electronics to it, which sure. not only is that a gives the music a certain tone, but it also feeds right into this DIY concept because yeah. you, you can do a lot of stuff electronically without a band, right? Sure. And I think that the basis uh, of a lot of it is what we're trying to do in our own lives, really. And I, I watched the way that that has come through Brad in the past. And I was a huge Melodyme fan before I even met Brad. Uh, so to, to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a true fan of him as a singer but uh, more importantly, the really personal, vulnerable lyrics that he writes in the amount that he is able uh, to really tell a deeper truth about his own uh, evolution. And, and to me, that's, that's really inspiring. And so I try to uh, my best, uh, along with Mike Shimshak, uh, really try to, to set a bed for those those lyrics to live in and as much as we try to push the boundaries sonically um but the songs and the lyrics and the the real root of where those songs come from stays the same and not to be not to pile on to brad too much but come on that voice yeah <laughs> thanks man no it's like it's so it's that's been something that we came to realize in terms of these productions, as Brent was saying, something we came to realize in the past uh, maybe four or five months is, you know, with, with Melodyme, a lot of those songs are very anthemic as well. And um, yes. I think as a, as a songwriter, um, I always, I tend to like, think of performing this the song when you're in the process of writing it so like imagining being on like a pool deck stage or certain stages that come into my mind how you would deliver that sentiment of the of the song brent views music in the same way that i think we both we see things very very big and um we want to have the the track and the production fit the vibe of of those words so the first one that we did of this that leaned into this new genre was how are you and i remember going mm -hmm. over to to brent's studio and listening to the the new uh remixed uh production of how are you and i was like this is exactly what it's supposed to be because we want this music to be felt and we want it to be when we perform it live it, it's such a spiritual experience for us to create it and um try to just get out of the way and not think too much but make it feel the way the song's um, have been written. So all of that stuff combined, I, I think the three of us just bringing uh, what we have to offer into the songs is uh, helps us to find our, our way. And so even though we've kind of gone through this process of a, throughout the year of releasing stuff and being like, I think we want it to feel more like this or whatever, it's all led us to this place. So we know that we're on, on the path that we want to be on so it's just been beautiful to be able to trust that and not th not 
look at it from the way of being like, oh, like we want to do that, do more and more, just know that this is exactly where we're going to be and enjoy it throughout the process. used to always say that uh, listening to Melodyne, it was like watching arena rock, but you'd have to see it in a club because (laughs) you guys didn't play an arena. And that was four guys. Now I can say pretty much the same thing about what I'm hearing with you guys, except now it's just two guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's what's cool too, being able to have the, yeah, two guys. And then we have the productions that we can 
we can play with and we can make it work if it's in a living room or it's a, a backyard or maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll throw a stadium show in there if they'll allow us you know, <laughs> well you, you you guys are stadium ready musically <laughs> I, I think absolutely Thanks, all right man. let's talk about i'm gonna i've picked four songs to discuss and then i'll let you guys throw out any of your favorites as well your latest single is called bluebird you want to talk a little bit about that bluebird was one that um i remember we started writing it uh when we were living in the same house in alexandria and we got the chorus melody down for that and loved the chorus melody and then because we were working so quickly it kind of got pushed away for a little bit and then i I wrote verses to fit in with the whole thing. And it, for me, it was in the sound of the chorus made me think of my recent sobriety from alcohol uh, that I'm almost two years into now. And what I've learned through this journey of, of giving up alcohol and the freedom that has come from learning more about myself and not feeling uh, identified with certain things that I used to feel identified with. And that's where that came to be. So once once that story is conveyed to Brent and we go through that process, then it it makes it a lot easier to kind of come up with, I think, the production of what we we want that to feel like. But that's basically kind of the story behind that tune. By the hand of the bottle, grounded, laid out, horizontal. There I stayed, waiting for my life to change. Learned to scream, became hard of hearing. Got my voice strong, got to feeling wide awake. And that was when the angels came. They said I had a song to sing. So I guess I got a song to sing I'm a bluebird I'm a bluebird And I was born to fly so high Where the lies can't get me Big sky lullaby singing with me la di da Can't tell if it's a dream Got a chance to rise Not everything's a compromise I'm a
let's talk a little bit about the uh, creative technique or the writing technique that you guys use in putting a song together. Is there a formula of any kind? It's been different for some of the tunes, but I would say, generally speaking, what we do is we, if if it's just Brent and I together, we we start building, we start with nothing. Um, and we sometimes listen to some music to get inspired. We talk about what kind of music we want to make. But the fact that we can make everything with this machine <laughs> guy right here, um, we'll usually just start with Brent will start building a chord progression or a vibe uh, on, on machine through this software. And as he's doing that, it naturally inspires, you know, the story and the song. And so we'll, we'll be singing melodies. Both of us will be, you know, screaming out melodies over the chord progression that we're building. And it kind of, it's like the song already exists and we just have to kind of chip away and figure out what it is. But I would say that's, most often our our process we don't sometimes like i'll i'll have a song that i've written on acoustic and i'll come in and uh we'll we'll make a production out of it but um yeah most of the time we it's fun to start from scratch and not know what's going to happen and just kind of let the the song kind of take take shape so are you the main lyricist and then Brent handles kind of the musical aspects or, or is there a collaboration in that to some degree? I would say like, I guess I focus more on the, on the lyrics and Brent. Yeah, that's probably most accurate. And Brent is more the musical, the soundscapes, the, the samples, the, the vibe of the production, but every single one of these songs, the lyrics have been born from the conversations that Brent and I have had. So I, one thing I didn't mention that is probably the most important and most frequent part of our process is these songs start with usually an hour or two of meditation and deep conversation about things that we're both going through in our lives. And oftentimes there's a lot of similarities in those, those things because Brent and I live in this, in the same in, in the same area, and we go through a lot of the same uh, struggles and successes of our lives, and are always sorting through uh, how we're we're going about those things on on a spiritual level, a personal level, whatever it might be. So uh, I can make them rhyme or whatever, and and try to make them as catchy <laughs> as possible. But they all, if we didn't have those very deep conversations, then it would be a lot more difficult for just one person, I think, to put the the words together. We talk about the empowerment of, of the songs that you write, and obviously they are, they seem to be therapy for your, your own being as well. Some of them, right. Am I, am Absolutely. I 100%? Yeah. But what you're bringing to the song is so universal in a lot of cases and that brings me to the next one I want to talk about, which is pretty. Now, you did that acoustically initially, right? And then I, I'm guessing Brent took that uh, acoustic song and uh, did his magic on it, right? Yeah, we did the, the acoustic, what's now the acoustic version. We didn't realize it was an acoustic version when we, <laughs> that was one of the things that we learned is after we did Asheville, we did play a few shows and we realized like we have a lot of, uh, you know, slower tempo songs. And um, we initially, we just wanted to kind of make these new arrangements for the live show in order to make a more balanced 
live show. And as we got more and more into it and more inspired by the productions that Brent was making, decided to make a record out of it. therapeutic and I can remember I started dating my my girlfriend Rachel in February before the pan so it's been you know insane amount of change that's happened through all of this but I remember going over to her apartment in DC and having one of those like very deep like marathon like conversations about past trauma and um family upbringing, former, former significant others. And, uh, it was a heavy, a very heavy conversation that we had. And I, I came home after that. And I remember Brent was outside in the backyard and I, I was just kind of unpacking the conversation that Rachel and I had had surrounding, 
uh, self-image and self-worth and all of these things. And that's what I mean by then Shaq sends the track. We're like, well, we already know what we're going to write this. The words come out so easily after being able to have those personal conversations about things that are not always easy to, to write about, but feel important to write about at the same time. And therapeutic for you, but once it's out there, the, the universality of what that song talks about is powerful to those that maybe feel less about themselves than they should. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's something a lot, of people, a lot of people struggle with and maybe don't talk about quite as much. So that was kind of our, our goal with that tune. I think that we notice a lot you know, within ourselves about our relationship with social media. And I look at um, a lot of my like younger nieces and nephews um, that are having this whole comparative analysis that happens, maybe whether they know it or not, when they're engaging in social media, you know, feeling less than and feeling like they lack all these different things that, uh, that all these other people have. So for me, you know, talking just from the, from the outside, um, looking in, that was one of the things about Brad's lyrics that really spoke to and addressed a lot of those things with people feeling, you know, not great about themselves in like a, an illusory fake comparison to this superficial representation of what what where their lives yeah exactly exactly that's why it fits right into the world we live in now because everybody's got to have the best or at least give the online appearance that they've they're the best they're the prettiest Right. right? right right yeah yeah exactly all right let's move on how are you
listen to a lot of podcasts when we're on the road and we listened to one of, with this author, uh, his name is Ocean Vong. He wrote a book that's called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous that Brent and I both, both have read. And we were listening to a podcast where he basically, he was asked, you know, what's the most difficult question to pose to, to people during this time where we were, we were in lockdown and people were feeling the isolation and going through their own emotional battles. And his answer to that question was, he's like, I think it's as simple as how are you, you know, because that's such a loaded question. And a lot of times you, when you ask it, you don't actually want the full answer, especially during that time felt like that was such an important thing to address because like we were saying about social media, people have their online personas of like, everything is great. All of my validation is, is gained from how many likes I get or how many comments I get from this thing. And, but deep down, like it is, it's not okay. And, you know, a lot of times people aren't feeling okay. So it's, it's not necessarily about, um, about airing your dirty laundry uh, when you're asked that question, but finding the moments where you can intentionally have a, a vulnerable conversation about your mental health and, and all of that. One of my favorite parts of that song is Brad's lyric, especially in the first verse, small talk at parties. We hide just about everything, fake smiles till it's too late. We bridge the wild seas of hollow pleasantries to make our great escape, mm. you know, and basically just kind of setting the, the scene of the way that sometimes we superficially interact with one another and don't really dig deeper into the things that might be really bothering us underneath. And I just thought that, yeah, it's this huge concept, right? But Brad made it, uh, like rooted it and made it very personal uh, and poetic and beautiful. And I, I was just so happy with how that song came out and it's, it's one of my favorites. Let's spend a couple minutes and then we'll wrap things up. Are there any songs that uh, we haven't talked about that have special meaning to either one of you? My favorite out of the songs that we've released, as well as what's going to be on this next record is a song called Colors. The great screen, the starry night The true dreams were not seen in black and white My heroes were weirdos just like me So maybe a little crazy is all we need I'll paint a masterpiece with every shade that I see Show me your colors, no shame, no cover We can shine like lovers, living in color Oh, 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 we don't need apologies Oh, 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 for being a woman to be So deep breath, know that Daydreams, however unusual 
vision wall Let that palette sing I want to see your everything Show me your colors No shame, no cover We can shine like lovers first tune that we wrote in our quarantine and the new version just sounds like this we haven't released it yet but it sounds it's such a party and a celebration and it was inspired by uh, my niece lucy who's nine years old and she was diagnosed with autism when she was about four years old mm. and uh she's an insane musician she's got she has perfect pitch and she has a memory, you know, with autism, oftentimes, you know, that you have a, a very enhanced memory. So that coming through the lens of her, her musical talents and her just like weird, beautiful personality makes this human that is like, uh, that is so free, you know, and, and she's at this age now where there's no judgment. She's just her free self and everything is possible. And we lose that like autism aside and everything, just as human beings, we, we tend to lose that at a certain point. We're like, well, okay, well that was fun, but I have to like, <laughs> I got bills to pay. I can't like live in my parents' basement, whatever it might be. Right. Um, and so that song just became this anthem for, for Lucy with, you know, show me your colors, no shame, no, like we can, it's about being your full self. And I never want her to lose that. Mm. And uh, so that's, that's been one that is one of my favorite ones to play live and my favorite tune to speak about because we, we often look at autism as a, as something that is a setback and the things that we can't do, but I don't see it that way at all with Lucy. You know, she, it's a, this gift, it's an absolute gift the way that she is able to view the world. And she's probably going to write music that far exceeds the music that uh, you know, we make or whatever she decides to do with, with her uh, creative prowess. So that's one that's, that's very special to me. I would second that. That's one that just was really magical and beautiful. And we played in Durham last Saturday and Lucy, uh, Brad's niece was there for a half hour into our set. It downpoured. Uh, and then we took a 30 minute break and it was misting. And then we, we came back and the kids lit up all these sparklers 
it was the most beautiful sight to look out and see all these kids with sparklers during colors. And Rachel had taken um, a video of Lucy singing along to the song and just kind of painting with her sparklers in, in the air. And watching that video back the, the following day to me was about as much affirmation <laughs> as, as I need for anything in life. You know, mm -hmm. it was so incredibly beautiful to watch her enjoying that moment. And it made the whole creative process worthwhile, just really beautiful. So I totally agree with what Brad said. And I think Colors is absolutely one, one of my favorites as well. We're really excited to put that out. Really inspiring music you guys are putting together. And again, in such a short period of time, it all just must have oozed out over this last couple of years. Having the opportunity to be able to, for both Brent and I to have played music separately for as long as we did and and view it in that way, and then to be able to, to reapproach at the age that we are now after, you know, 15 to 20 years of experience and other projects. Right. And that's something that even the famous bands that have been together for 50 years that you always have periods where you need to take, you need to explore other things in sure. order to come back to where you're supposed to go. And that's what this has felt like for us. It's just been such a gift to be able to think of what we actually want to write about and think of the things that we did write about. And we might not be there anymore, you know, we might not be in those places anymore. We just want to uh, write whatever comes to us and not focus on the the shitty stuff as much as like the 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 beauty that comes from uh the resistance at times sounds like it's a chronicle of your lives yeah all right well i think our listeners probably have a pretty good idea about what you're about please go to the website what's what the website again it's elevatomusic.com and by, while we're talking about that where did the name come from the name came from, we were in Boulder, Colorado with our friend, Will, who was doing some video work for us and basically said like, we need to figure out a band name like this week uh, because <laughs> we have, we, we were going to announce the project and it had taken us a while to try to figure, band names suck, man, trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you think of a good one, it's taken or whatever. And uh, it, you, it requires so much thought. We were driving in this no service area and we passed this broken down um, motel that it said El Vado. Brent was like, oh, you know, Will, who we were with, he used to live off of El Vado Road. The idea of what we've been talking about for this project and this like uh, approaching it from a place of consciousness and, and, and consistently evolving just that word, which we didn't know the meaning of at that point, felt like it fit. And then once we got service, we looked it up and realized that it's, it's Spanish for lifted. And uh, we were like, I can't, we couldn't think of anything more perfect than that to try to, to wrap everything in. So we, we searched, we saw there was a couple, there's always a couple bands you know, that will have a name where like, I think we can, we can make this one, make this one work. I, I hope you got a picture of that motel. We do. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had to trek back or Brent got it like months later or something. The oh, okay. That. Yeah. That, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time. I think we've got some insight into what you guys are about and hopefully our listeners will 
investigate and then get involved. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the thoughtful questions too. Thank you guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this edition of LA radio sessions. We'd love to hear from you about what you think of the show. You can join the conversation on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash LA radio sessions or visit laradiosessions.com. Stay tuned. More to come.